0: Settle in and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. All for one and one for all. It's the Three Musketeers and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to This Film Is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. We have quite a full episode with lots to talk about for The Three Musketeers, every segment except for Lost in Adaptation. So we're going to get right into it with Let Me Sum Up. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. If you have not read or seen The Three Musketeers, any of the versions... There's another new one coming out. I just saw a trailer for a French version that has Ava Green in it.
1: Well, not having seen any version, I'm not sure it would help you. Um, We'll get to that later.
0: Okay, fair (laughs) enough. But anyways, uh, if you have not read or seen any of The Three Musketeers, we're going to first give you a brief synopsis of the book.
1: Um, And if you haven't read the book, I cannot blame you because it is 700 pages long. Uh, It goes like this. In 1625 France, D'Artagnan leaves his family in Gascony and travels to Paris to join the musketeers. Along the way, he gets into a fight with an older swordsman, whom he also spies conversing with a beautiful, mysterious woman. His letter of introduction to Monsieur de Treville, the commander of the musketeers, is also stolen at this time. D'Artagnan resolves to avenge himself upon the older man, who is later revealed to be Count... uh, roquefort roquefort i don't really know how to say it uh, arriving upon arriving in paris uh, monsieur de treville turns down d'artagnan's application to the musketeers but recommends him to the city guard where he can gain necessary experience from treville's window d'artagnan sees a uh, roquefort passing in the street below and rushes out of the building to confront him, but in doing so he offends three musketeers, Athos, Porthos, and Aramis. D'Artagnan must fight a duel with all of them that afternoon. As D'Artagnan prepares himself for the first duel, he realizes that Athos' seconds are Porthos and Aramis, who are astonished that D'Artagnan intends to duel them all. Cardinal Richelieu's guards appear and attempt to arrest D'Artagnan and the Three Musketeers for illegal dueling. Although they are outnumbered, four to five, the four men win the battle. They become friends. Shortly after, D'Artagnan's landlord speaks to him about the kidnapping of his wife, Constance. She works for Queen Anne of France, who is secretly having an affair with the English Duke of Buckingham. The king... Louis Thirteenth gave the queen a gift of diamond studs, but she gives them to her lover as a keepsake cardinal richelieu who wants war between france and england plans to expose the tryst and persuades the king to demand the queen wear the diamonds to an upcoming ball constance tries to send her husband to london to fetch the diamonds from buckingham but he's manipulated by richelieu and thus does not go so d'artagnan and his friends intercede en route to england the cardinal's henchmen repeatedly attack them and only d'artagnan and his servant planchet reach london Uh, Although Milady stole two of the diamond studs, Buckingham provides replacements. D'Artagnan is thus able to return a complete set of jewels to Queen Anne just in time to save her honor. D'Artagnan then begins an affair with Constance, but she is shortly after kidnapped again. While attempting to discover where she is, D'Artagnan meets Milady and recognizes her as one of the cardinal's agents, but becomes infatuated with her uh entering her quarters in the dark he pretends to be her lover but reveals himself shortly after milady attempts to kill him but d'artagnan escapes he is later ordered to the siege of la rochelle where he is informed that the queen has rescued constance from prison at an inn, the musketeers overhear the cardinal asking Milady to murder Buckingham. Richelieu gives her a letter that excuses her actions as under orders from the cardinal himself, but Athos takes it from her. They warn her brother-in-law, Lord de Winter, and the Duke and the Duke of Buckingham. Milady is imprisoned upon arrival in England, but she seduces her guard and escapes. Upon her return to France, Milady hides in a convent where Constance is also hiding. She fatally poisons Constance before D'Artagnan can rescue her. The musketeers arrest Milady before she reaches Cardinal Richelieu. They bring an official executioner, put her on trial, sentence her to death, and execute her. After her execution, the four friends return to the siege of La Rochelle. The Cardinal's guards arrest D'Artagnan and take him to the Cardinal. When questioned about Milady's execution, D'Artagnan presents her letter of pardon as his own. Impressed with D'Artagnan's willfulness and secretly glad to be rid of Milady, the Cardinal destroys the letter and writes a new order, giving the bearer a promotion to lieutenant in the Treville Company of Musketeers, leaving the name blank. D'Artagnan offers the letter to Athos, Porthos, and Aramis, but each refuses it, Athos because it is beneath him, Porthos because he is retiring to marry his wealthy mistress, and Aramis because he is joining the priesthood. D'Artagnan, though heartbroken and full of regrets, finally receives the promotion he had coveted. The end.
0: All right. Here is a brief summary of Disney's 1993 The Three Musketeers. Uh, A lot of this is sourced... Uh, from Wikipedia.
1: As was mine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A young, skilled fencer named D'Artagnan is on his way to Paris to join the musketeers and follow in his murdered father's footsteps. Before leaving, he duels the brother of a woman that he had bed, thus blemishing her honor. These brothers end up chasing D'Artagnan for the rest of the film. We'll get back to them later. Meanwhile, in Paris, Cardinal Richelieu has his captain of the guard, Rochefort, disband the musketeers, purportedly to help... Uh, the musketeers, at this point, are the bodyguards of the king, basically. Purportedly to help in the coming war against England, but three of the musketeers, Athos, Porthos, and Aramis, Aramis refused to give up their tabards and their swords. Upon arriving in Paris, D'Artagnan meets one of the queen's handmaidens named Constance and the two fall for each other in their brief meeting. He then manages to independently offend all three remaining musketeers and plans to meet them outside of town for a duel that afternoon arriving for the duel. D'Artagnan realizes that the men are the musketeers he was seeking and helps them defeat a cohort of the Cardinals guards who uh, had arrived to arrest the, mus- the three remaining musketeers. Impressed by his sword play, And his spirit, the musketeers tell him to flee as they make their own escape, but D'Artagnan is captured. In the dungeon, he overhears a meeting between Cardinal Richelieu and Milady de Winter, uh, where the cardinal plots to assassinate and supplant the king tasking Milady de winter with delivering a tree to the duke of buckingham d'artagnan is caught again in order to be executed after refusing to give up the whereabouts of the musketeers during the execution he is actually saved by the musketeers and the four flee and plan to retrieve the treaty in order to prove that the cardinal is plotting treason against the king the group is forced to split up during the escape and an injured d'artagnan meets Milady de winter whom he is unaware is the spy as he didn't see her earlier when he was overhearing the conversation and accidentally divulges that he knows about the secret plot Milady de Winter tries to murder him, but is stopped, arrested, and ordered to be executed for a previous murder of her previous husband, the one after Athos, I think, (laughs) or Aramis, I think. Um, It is also revealed that Milady is the ex wife of Athos. No, Aramis. Yes, Athos, Athos. who left her after discovering that she had been branded a murderer in, in her earlier life. The Musketeers retrieve the treaty, and just as Milady is about to be executed, Athos begs her forgiveness for turning her in, and she reveals that the Cardinal intends to assassinate the king at his birthday celebration before throwing herself to her death off of a cliff. Our three musketeers rally the rest of the rest of the retired or disbanded musketeers. Storm the celebration to interrupt the assassination attempt. They succeed, and an army of musketeers squares off with the cardinal's guards. D'Artagnan duels and kills Rochefort, who we find out at this point has was the guy who murdered D'Artagnan's father. Aramis, after surviving being shot by the cardinal thanks to his crucifix that he wears, he's very devoutly religious. Attempts to apprehend the escaping cardinal, but King Louis steps up, and punches Richelieu, knocking him into the river. The musketeers are reinstated uh, by the king. D'Artagnan. Is, is knighted as a musketeer. Not knighted, I guess. Musketeered as a musketeer. I don't know what, the, <laughs> what that process is called. And the musketeers help defend him from the women's brothers from the beginning of the film that I mentioned, the end. Okay, we have a guess who. That's fun. Yeah. Let's do
1: it. All right. Who are you? No one of consequence. I must know. Get used to disappointment. Hey. A face long and brown... High cheekbones, a sign of sagacity, the maxillary muscles enormously developed, an infallible sign by which a Gascon may always be detected, even without his cap, and our young man wore a cap set off with a sort of feather, the eye open and intelligent, the nose hooked but finely chiseled, too big for a youth, too small for a grown man.
0: I have no idea. This could be anybody. I also do not know what sagacity means. (laughs) I don't know what that term is.
1: I really hope I pronounced it right.
0: (laughs) The quality of being sagacious. Thank you. (laughs) Great. Uh, Having or showing understanding and the ability to make good judgments. So kind of like being wise, I I guess. guess. A sign of wisdom, I guess, would be another way to say that kind of maybe. Uh, Also, what is a Gascon? I don't know what that is. Is it's
1: the region of France that this character uh, is from. Oh,
0: okay. Goodness. <laughs> um, even without his cap. and you know, uh, uh, I'm going to assume that this is D'Artagnan. It is. Of it the is the youth and the... Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is D'Artagnan.
0: Okay. I mean, I don't really have any reason to think that <laughs> other than... the Literally, the only thing that made me think that was the too big for a youth and too small for a grown man insinuating that maybe he's younger than some of our other characters mm-hmm. and, and you know kind of green or whatever but yeah okay
1: yeah he's he is a gascon which uh, much is made of throughout the text okay it's mentioned frequently and i don't it's, it's a, a part of like french culture that i don't i'm not really sure do not understand uh, the really text really also informs us at one point that the gascons are the scots of france so okay. make of that what you will fair enough um all right up next A man from 40 to 45 years of age with black and piercing eyes, pale complexion, a strongly marked nose, and a black and well-shaped mustache.
0: Black piercing eyes, pale complexion, strongly marked nose and a black and well-shaped mustache. I mean, the guy who has, well, there's lots of mustaches. Well, they're not just (laughs) mustaches, but the one that immediately stuck out to me because he wears black all the time. Not that this says he's wearing black, but I'm getting the I'm getting the vibes of a villain here. And so I'm thinking this may be Rochefort.
1: Yes, it is. Nice.
0: He does have a mustache. He does. The film. And I think he's maybe the only one that has just a mustache. Or, like, the most of it, like, striking. He also has a little, like...
1: He has, like, a, a little... Soul patch yeah. thing underneath
0: the... That's, that whole look is a got a name that I can't remember yeah. what it's called. Yeah, today. I don't yeah. know. Anyways.
1: She was pale and fair, with long curls falling in profusion over her shoulders, had large, blue, languishing eyes, rosy lips, and hands of alabaster.
0: Um... This could be any of the women in this movie Except for probably the queen she, she doesn't particularly Like this doesn't particularly strike me As like applying to the queen I would say that this would either be Constance Or Milady De Winter And I'm gonna say that this Is Milady De Winter
1: It is Milady I'm crushing De Winter, it, I'm are. just
0: guessing <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting lucky
1: You're doing great She was a charming woman of 25 or 26 years with dark hair, blue eyes, and a nose slightly turned up, admirable teeth, and a complexion marbled with rose and opal. There, however, ended the signs which might have confounded her with a lady of rank. The hands were white, but without delicacy. The feet did not bespeak the woman of quality.
0: Uh... So this is—I'm going to say this is not the queen, assuming the queen is in the book or mentioned very much. But this could be, assuming this character is in the book, uh, Constance, who is the woman that D'Artagnan um, falls in love with in the film. And I'm going to say this is Constance. She's a handmaiden, so the, the like the the parts about like. You know, you could not confound her with a lady of rank and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have like a, you know, she's not a noble. So I'm going to say that this might be Constance.
1: It is Constance.
0: Is she a handmaiden in the...
1: She's a seamstress, but she does work for the queen. Okay. Her eyes, which cast the brilliancy of emeralds, were perfectly beautiful, and yet were at the same time full of sweetness and majesty. Her mouth was small and rosy, and although her underlip protruded slightly beyond the other, it was eminently lovely in its smile, but as profoundly disdainful in its contempt. Her skin was admired for its velvety softness, her hands and arms were of surpassing beauty, all the poets of the time singing them as incomparable— Lastly, her hair, which, being light from her youth, had become chestnut, and which she wore curled very plainly and with much powder, admirably set off her face. I'm,
0: I'm going to go on and say this is the queen. It is the queen. Yeah, it seems pretty yeah. straightforward based seems on Seems uh, queenish. Yeah, the description of, uh, of <laughs> nobility for sure.
1: Okay, last one. Standing before the chimney was a man of middle height with piercing eyes, A large brow and a thin face, surmounted by a pair of moustaches. A pair of them? (laughs) I'm not sure. Maybe it's Um, like if you have it. If you have like a little gap, that's what I think it means. I'm not for sure though. Interesting. Although this man was scarcely thirty-six or thirty-seven years of age, hair, moustaches, and royal all began to be grey.
0: And royal. I mean, I, I assume this is probably the king. Almost is the king.
1: This is the cardinal.
0: Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Because the king, I think, I don't know if he's as young as he is in the movie, but I think he's supposed to be younger. Okay, I was well just going, going the out book.
0: on a limb and saying that maybe he wasn't. That maybe they gave us the the king depiction in the film was like not. I don't know. It was just a creative choice and not like what mm-hmm. the king actually was like. But cardinal makes sense. Fairly I mean it's not It's not a lot to go on there But And he does have He has like the He has like a goatee in the film mm-hmm. And he's got like a little like
1: He's got like Because the Mustanzo's mustache Are like Pointed Pointed out a, yeah, a little bit Very villainous It's
0: great Well I almost crushed it I almost <laughs> uh, I almost got 100% on that But I just missed the last one It's still not too bad but five out of six? Yeah Yeah Not too bad Not too bad All right, I have quite a few questions. Let's find out if that was in the book. Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. What? What?
1: Honestly, don't you two read?
0: So we're introduced to our villain right at the beginning of the film before anybody else. uh, We're we're watching him... um, sail through the catacombs in paris or whatever mm-hmm. in the river under in the rivers in the dungeons or whatever and he ends up confronting this guy who's locked up who's this was stealing something basically and was like oh, i was trying to feed my family and he's like yeah well, d- tell that to god or whatever it's not what he says he says that later i think but um and then uh, has his rochefort just murder this this poor guy who's you know Stealing to feed his family Mm -hmm. and I want to know if our villain and in the book is an evil Cardinal that just murders poor people because I love that for
1: this movie Uh, So the Cardinal is one of the primary villains in the text and he is corrupt But it's a little more nuanced in the book. He's not like the cartoonish villain that you get in the film Yeah, Uh, there's not a scene that I recall where he personally orders the death of a prisoner (laughs) Um, and like the, the catacombs are the best deal or whatever that's supposed to be. But, um, but that's not to say he couldn't,
0: but he is the, he is, is the villain, a villain? He
1: is. There's like, he's one of the main villains, like him and Milady are the two like big villains. And then, um, Rochefort is kind of a lesser villain. Well, that would be almost exactly like the movie. Although I
0: would argue Milady, the winter isn't like. A villain necessarily in the film, so much as she is like a mercenary kind Um, of.
1: How the movie utilizes Milady.
0: I thought she was Um. really interesting. We'll get to it. I thought her character was like maybe the most interesting part of the film. But, um, anyways, I we'll we'll get to that later. But yeah, I she's it's the same similar three protagonists then, or like main or Mm antagonist in that in that regard. So uh, I was I didn't know how this worked it, but. I didn't remember this being the case, but D'Artagnan, who I think is probably the name that I remember the best as being a musketeer, is does not start this as a musketeer. He is joining the musketeers, and I want to know if that is how the book does it or if he's already a musketeer. I, I just wasn't, because if you would asked me, like, who's like in the musketeer, three musketeers, who was one of the three musketeers, I'd probably be like, D'Artagnan, maybe? I don't know, <laughs> like, before watching it. <laughs> yeah. And so I was a kind of surprised. be like, wait a second. Oh, okay. He's not. He's joining. Interesting. Is that a similar plot element from the book?
1: Yes. Um, The way that the book starts is very different from the way that the movie starts. But D'Artagnan does have the same basic goal. He wants to get to Paris. He wants to join the Musketeers. Um, So our our movie starts with him, like, in a fight with these brothers. And then he, like... Goes to Paris kind of to get away From them it seems like I
0: think he was already going Is to he Paris Because he, well, he, he, he tells the guy when he's fighting him That he's like heading to Paris After he yeah. finishes with him he's going to Paris To, to, to become a musketeer But yeah. he just Kind of does it in haste after the, All the brothers show up to chase him
1: um, but the book starts, and uh, and I don't have big opinions on the difference between the starts of these two pieces of media. I just wanted to cover it because it is quite different. Yeah. Um. The, the book starts with his dad, who is not dead, um, okay. basically sending him out on a quest, a quest. <laughs> to become a musketeer. Nice. And like bequeaths him a sword <laughs> and gives him a healing potion.
0: A healing potion. Yeah.
1: And then sends a him off. It's, it's a magic healing potion or he gives him like There's the magic. He, in no. Oh, um, but kind of because it's a, it's a recipe for a potion that comes from his mother's people, um, that can heal any wound.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Which the text then proceeds to forget about after about a hundred pages. Never comes, never back. comes back. Cool. Um, <laughs> and then he cries saying goodbye to his mom, which I thought was very cute. Hmm. Okay.
0: Okay, interesting. But yeah, similar uh definitely the same same idea. Yeah. So, uh does the film also or does the book also start cuz another thing that I wasn't expecting with the musketeers being disbanded. Mm-hmm. Uh the cardinal has has them disbanded and then that's also why it's called the three musketeers is that our three main characters or three of our main characters, Porthos, Aramis and A- Aeth- Athos, refuse to to give up their 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 banner or whatever and 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 turn in their sword. Um, so they're, they're the three musketeers, and I wanted to know if that element of the cardinal or, or somebody disbanding the musketeers came from the book. Because I thought that was – I was like, well, I guess it probably does because there's a reason it's called the three musketeers, although it could just be about the three of them and there's still mm-hmm. other ones. Anyways, what's, what's, what's <laughs> the deal with that?
1: So at no point do the musketeers get disbanded during this book. Uh, that's a movie thing Uh, okay the king does momentarily flirt with the idea at the very beginning of the book he says something about like ending this two guard party system that we have because they keep like uh, the musketeers and then the cardinals guards Uh keep getting in fights with each other he's like we have to put a stop to this um but that plot idea like fizzles and doesn't go anywhere I'm pretty sure that the book is called The Three Musketeers because three of the four main characters are musketeers. I mean, that makes sense. I guess the four musketeers didn't have quite the same ring to it.
0: Yeah. And he's not a musketeer. Right. uh, Yeah, he's
1: not a musketeer until later, at which point, yes, all four main characters are in fact musketeers.
0: Okay so yeah it, So it's not They're they're not disbanded I thought that was no. an issue, I like I kind of like I kind of like it I think it I works. think it
1: makes a lot of sense And I
0: think it gives you A nice moment at the end Where they all like Show back up mm-hmm. And you get like Oh Like it, yeah Because otherwise you'd be like Well why aren't they Getting help from other Blah 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 it mm-hmm. Like kind of helps Ease the story along In a way that I think kind of works For what the movie's doing Making it like a fun Borderline just like A chase movie It's just like Nothing yeah, but horse of, chases In this movie. <laughs> Horse chases and sword fights
1: Uh, What more do you need? Yeah.
0: So uh, there is an evil cardinal we have established, uh, Cardinal Richelieu. And I wanted to know if kind of the main running, the main plot of the film is that this Cardinal Richelieu, played by Tim Curry, is consolidating power under himself and plotting to essentially usurp the throne, um, utilizing his cardinal guards and whatnot, uh, in order to, among other things... Other political kind of machinations In order to usurp the throne and steal it from King Louis And I want to know if that is the plan in the book
1: So the cardinal is obviously a very powerful political figure in the book But he isn't trying to directly usurp the throne of France Like He is trying to maintain and increase The power and reputation of the king and France, thereby increasing his own power, but more as like a puppet master, it seems like in the book. Um, it is also implied that at one point the queen rejected his advances. So that is part of his motivation as well is like getting revenge on her, which is one of the things in the him. film that yeah. we
0: see kind of, he, he's a creep to her and she, she always rejects him and whatnot. Um, I will say, I think that makes more sense. The books version of it mm-hmm. instead of like literally plotting yeah, to like I assassinate don't... the king and take the throne. I'm not saying that couldn't work
1: but it feels but like it feels a long shot
0: like a real tough ploy whereas you already have all the yeah. power you could possibly yeah. want basically just the the kind of again the the backroom dealings of of yes yeah, being the, the man master, behind the curtain yeah being the the um you know y- being the actual seat of power and, and kind of using the the king as just like a um yeah. a figurehead basically it, it, that makes a lot more sense i think for the purposes of a children's action adventure Mm -hmm. movie they're like that's maybe a little complicated to like try to (laughs) you know get the idea across of like him uh, kind of uh yeah
1: it's not game of thrones
0: right yeah (laughs) that idea of of our our antagonist goal being like increase france's power and thus increase his power and kind of do it all from behind the scenes doesn't make for like a very (laughs) understandable and easily digestible uh sort of villain for our our, our protagonist to defeat uh, whereas i'm gonna kill the king and take the right. throne is and very having easy him
1: literally go sit on the throne yeah it's case. very
0: easy for kids to kind of get what's going on there it's just like a more yeah it's, it's very much a dumbed down version of what is happening in the in the book so yeah i kind of figured it would probably make be something more like that but i was wondering because it isn't completely outlandish that yeah i'm sure it has happened that you know, powerful the- theocratic you know figureheads have <laughs> had kings and and, and stuff that they worked for assassinated in ways to like take the throne or whatever. You would think again if the movie where I think we being a little more clever about it, they would have found a way to instead of the cardinal literally trying to go sit on the throne, like he's going to have the king assassinated, but he has some like stooge who's going to mm-hmm. come in who he is like who's like a cousin or you know somebody who's he yeah. he is so like he, right
1: because you know when the succession is based on bloodlines and it, it, it's a hard sell to think like oh this other guy could just, just take the threat. yeah yeah
0: and again it's not like it's impossible france france's monarchy is <laughs> rife with crazy <laughs> uh power transitions i'm sure and not just francis but um it's still yeah i, I think it yeah i think the book's version definitely uh, makes a lot more sense so I, the Rochefort character, I wanted to know uh, if he was in the book because he is maybe my favorite character in the movie. Uh, he's played by this actor named Michael Wincott, and he just goes for it. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. I think he was so I thought he was so much fun. He also reminded me a lot. I think part of it was the it was the eyes and specifically the mustache, if the facial hair, because it's the exact same facial hair. Um. Val Kilmer has in Tombstone when he's playing Doc Holliday oh, and he actually looked a lot like <laughs> Val Kilmer in this role to me and again the facial hair was a big part of it but I thought he was just a lot of fun and a great villain his voice is really really good and I want to know if that character is a similar character in the book
1: yeah he is um he's the Cardinal's personal spy
0: oh he's a spy yeah okay because he doesn't really come across as a spy so much no in the film.
1: not re- not not so much more um, so just
0: like yeah. yeah,
1: he's they call him like the cardinal's man yeah. a lot during the book. And he gets set up right away as a, a direct antagonist yeah. to D'Artagnan. He's,
0: yeah, he's definitely like in the film. He's like the his number, you know, the cardinal's like number two. Yeah, guy. right he hand does All this. He, he organizes. The, he's the captain of the guard. So like he yeah. does all this. Yeah, he does all the like military, you know, dirty actiony, work, dirty work kind of stuff. And uh, is in the book, is he also a very skilled swordsman like he is yes. in the film? Okay. I wasn't, yeah. I mean, I assumed as captain of the guard, you would think he probably would be. Is he captain of the guard in the... No. No. Okay.
1: I don't think so. He's a count. Oh, okay.
0: So we've established that D'Artagnan is in it, and it's a similar premise of him wanting to be a musketeer and going to Paris to join. And I wanted to know if he gets introduced to the three musketeers by getting into scuffles and challenging them all to duels, because that is an incredibly fun and silly setup for... (laughs) Introducing and then dueling, going to have to duel all of them at the same time is a very fun and setup for introducing our main protagonist or maybe main protagonist to uh, our other protagonist. I thought that was great.
1: That actually is what happens in the book.
0: That's wild to me.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, the initial tiffs that they get into aren't exactly the same, but D'Artagnan. Does manage to offend and schedule duels with all three of them. That's
0: amazing for that
1: same afternoon. Uh, and then when they show up, they're impressed by his audacity and gumption.
0: So pretty much, pretty much exactly. Um, but they, but it is, yeah. That's 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 fun. I I would have assumed to me it felt so silly. I was like, mm-hmm. this this feels like a. A, like it's like a comedy like thing I, you know? honestly
1: the book is very funny yeah it's yeah it's not like a super serious like right. there's a lot of kind of like comedy of error type things that happen
0: that's, yeah yeah that's that's fun that's interesting i don't know if i would have expected that mm-hmm. just w- what little i knew about the three musketeers like the book i'm not sure i would have if i had to guess i wouldn't have been like yeah it's probably pretty humorous i don't know I might, maybe, but I just never, I'm not sure I would have thought it was. Is there any mention in the book of this sweet three-bladed main gauche that this guy had? I don't even know how to, gauche? I don't know how to pronounce it. I just know that's how it's spelled. Um, In the film, during the fight, after he goes to the duel, and then all the Cardinal's guards show up and they're fighting everybody. At one point, Porthos, who (laughs) is like (laughs) a secret agent in this, who has gadgets and stuff in the movie, they have him have all kinds of silly gadgets or whatever. But in particular, this one is a real thing. And I think most of them are. But this one in particular is, it looks super silly. He pulls out this thing and then he hits a button and it like splits into three blades. Mm-hmm. And he like breaks a guy's sword with it. And if you didn't know better, you'd be like, well, that is some silly nonsense. <laughs> uh, but that is a real weapon. It's called a trident dagger and it worked almost exactly as it did in the movie. In fact, I knew it was a thing. But I looked, I was like, I know I've seen, I know that the trident dagger thing is like a real like weapon and it is used mm-hmm. in this time period as a main gauche, gauche, however you pronounce it. It's like basically an offhand weapon with your rapier that is used for like parrying and blocking and stuff like that. And there's a bunch of different kinds of them, but that is one of them. It wasn't as popular as some of the other ones. Um, if you look up the word, the term main gauche. Um, the main one just kind of looks like a small rapier, basically, like a very tiny, like dagger sized rapier. But <laughs> there is one that is three sided. I would have assumed that it was just three blades that were like permanently fixed. But I was yeah. on Wikipedia reading initially in my notes. I had it wasn't spring loaded like it is in the movie, but it is. um like the same idea basically. And mm-hmm. then in the Wikipedia article, it says that they, there were versions of it that were spring loaded yep. and that you would hit it and it would like de- deploy the, the, the two outside.
1: <laughs> imagine being the first guy to take that to a duel,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Or better. Imagine being the first guy to duel against the first guy to take that to a duel.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I want to know if that weapon was mentioned in the book. Cause I, I thought that was super fun and super fun little detail that, that whoever was working on the film, which makes sense because I'm sure what's his name, um, the guy I mentioned, yeah, the swordmaster, the swordmaster, sword ma- like that guy knows, you know, he knows his stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Bob, whatever. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but I thought that was super fun. I want to know if it's mentioned in the book at all.
1: There was no mention of that kind of weapon that I can recall. I did try a couple different search terms in my um, ebook version of yeah. it, but I you didn't couldn't didn't anything. return anything. Yep.
0: Yeah. Okay. okie doke. Do uh, the musketeers save? So uh, all this happens. D'Artagnan ends up being caught, and then he's got he overhears the plot, and then he gets caught again, and then he's going to get executed. They drag him out to the town square uh, to, to to chop his head off. And as he's about to get his head chopped off, the three musketeers reveal themselves. They are the executioners. Up on somehow they have finagled their way mm-hmm. into the onto the um, the dais or the whatever it's. I don't know what that's called. Was there's got to be a name for the I, stage where you execute people I, don't I know. know it's cuz I mean gallows for like
1: right, hanging, hanging but like
0: I don't, there's got to be a
1: the executioner's block is the thing that you kneel like over specific, right like the yeah
0: i feel like this the the stage area i don't know whatever it doesn't matter <laughs> i feel like it has to have a name that i'm just not aware of what it is but i wanted to know if that re- fun reveal where they're like ha we're here we're saving you blue is if mm-hmm. that happens in the book
1: it's not from the book um
0: so I, it's not in this book. I had read that in somewhere during the movie notes when I was doing my research for the prequel that apparently this supposedly happens in one of the sequels.
1: Yeah, and that, that is a good caveat that we should mention. There are two sequels to this book. Yeah. I did not read either of them because yes. I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, But it is possible that the movie Certain sourced element. things yes. from those two those two sources
0: that would make a lot of sense and yeah in this particular instance i think i read somewhere that this execution mm-hmm. like
1: i mean it's certainly heist or like, is. having read the three musketeers now it does sound like something that dumas would put in okay. one of his adventure books yeah. but i yeah i didn't read either of the sequels so it's not in book one there you
0: go but uh yeah If somebody has read the sequels, uh, if you could confirm for us whether or not that happens, that would be great. So, as they're making their escape, they steal the Cardinal's uh, carriage, and they're riding out of the city. And they find, underneath the seat in the carriage, they find a bunch of wine, but also a big, like, chest full of money. And (laughs) Aramis, uh, Charlie Sheen's uh, character, says something i can't remember what he said he goes he basically just says redistribute that wealth and then he yeah. has d'artagnan just throw the money out onto the streets for all the peasants and i wanted to know if the three musketeers go around dis- redistributing any wealth in <laughs> in the book cuz i i enjoyed that scene
1: um they do not okay. i would say that this may be sourced from some other uh folklore um yeah. Robin Hood. Robin yeah. I in fact I would venture to say that the musk and the musketeers in the book would never. Okay. Um huge swaths of this book are just them bemoaning how broke they are and scheming ways to fund their lifestyle. Okay. They like to live high on the hog. All right, they yeah. like to eat well, they like to drink well. Right. They like to womanize. Yeah.
0: I mean, we see all of this yes. in the
1: film. Um the only scene from the book that comes kind of close is after they duel and kill some Englishmen, um, and they don't want to be uh, quote heirs of the enemy, is okay. what they call it. So they they give the money that they took off of the bodies of the English to the Englishmen's servants instead okay. of taking it. Um, But through the rest of the book, they seem to have no qualms about looting corpses. Right. So I'm not really (laughs) sure what was going on in that specific part.
0: They have no qualms about looting corpses, and they don't seem particularly disposed to, like, they don't have particularly, like, political leanings of, like, hey, we should help the little people or anything like that. They seem
1: not at all concerned about the little people (laughs) throughout the book.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Uh, Speaking of their lifestyle, we get a scene in the film where after they do make their escape, they get to a tavern um, and Porthos. Well, all of them except for uh, Athos, because he's just drinking alone like a sad man. They they decide they need to teach D'Artagnan how to winch, is what they they say in the film and I want to know if anything from that scene <laughs> was in the book because it was an interesting scene for a kids movie.
1: Um, there's like a little bit of bodiness here and there throughout the book, but there's not a scene to anything like this. One. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, not to say I say for a kids movie, it's not like it's particularly. They're mostly just like kissing and like yeah. And, and reciting poetry and stuff, but it's interesting. It's one of those scenes where you're like, All right, it's a fun, I enjoyed it, I thought it was a fun scene mainly because I, I think Oliver Platt is great in this movie, uh-huh. Porthos. Uh, I think he's just fantastic. Um, but anyways, yeah, I it's, it's an interesting scene, but uh, they don't teach no. D'Artagnan how to winch in the uh, film. No, no.
1: but I, I turned to you during this scene and asked if you and your friends ever sat around <laughs> comparing notes on how you seduce women.
0: No, we did not. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know. I'm sure some, I mean, I know some weirdos do. It's just a, uh, not a thing that I, me or my friends were ever like into, you know, it's just a, that whole, yeah, like all of that, like the, like just sitting around and like talking about women or, or whatever is just a, it's not a thing my, me and my friends ever did. It's not really, we were, we were drinking that respect women juice too much, so <laughs> Oh goodness! Also, we were nerds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, is there a spy working against the king? Who s- not? So obviously, that it s- seems like probably to some extent. But I, specifically, I want to know if the spy. Because in, in the film, the spy is Milady de Winter, who is the ex-wife of Athos, uh, and he's really broken up about turning her in when he found out that she was a murderer. It's a whole little like. Side story subplot in this film that I thought was super interesting, and I wanted to know if that element came from the book. The whole lady or Milady de Winter
1: stuff. Yeah. Um, so she is one of the main antagonists in the book. She is Athos's ex-wife, as well as being a branded criminal. Okay,
0: so all those elements. Track. Yes, uh,
1: she is pure evil in the book, and okay. her, char- her character is so much fun. Hmm. Uh, it, the movie really doesn't compare. In my opinion,
0: okay, fair enough. I really thought her character was interesting. I assumed it had to come from the book in some capacity because what happens in the film felt like such a strange thing to like work into. Yeah. If you're if you're Disney making a fun action movie to work in this subplot where one of your protagonists spurned his former wife by because he found out she was a murderer and now he feels really terrible about it, and then she ultimately. She is a murderer and she ultimately ends up getting executed or is going to be executed, but then commits suicide. It felt like a whole big thing to add to the movie if there was like no element of it in the book at all. Um, but I did read that I thought was interesting that this is apparently at least the first and maybe only time in a Disney film that uh, a character, or at least I think this is what I read, that a character um <laughs> commits suicide and like,
1: uh, yeah, I don't know. Um in the book she actually does get executed yeah like they execute her um so i guess disney decided that suicide was more palatable than having her actually be executed i, I guess
0: yeah well i mean it definitely gives her more agency yeah in that moment you know what i mean as opposed to just being executed but yeah it, it was interesting it was, yeah it's a i i really like it we'll talk more about it later i really like that whole st- Thing. I thought it was, like, again, the most interesting, like, layered thing going on there. Uh, it, again, in this kid's film where most of it's just kind of, like, sword fighting and horse chases, but... So, we find out that Porthos in the film used to be a pirate after they get onto a fight on a, on a ship, and somebody... They encounter some guys and they're like, Oh my god, it's Porthos, the pirate, or something like that. And they're like, You're a pot, pi- you were a pirate. And he's like, eh. And I want to know if any of our musketeers were formerly a pirate.
1: <laughs> Not that I know of. Um, Athos was a nobleman, uh, Aramis was joining the priesthood. Okay, uh, as, so those are both well, we know the same. Uh, Porthos is just described as the most worldly, okay. of the three. So maybe he's well traveled,
0: yeah. I mean, which he is in the. Film, like mm-hmm. he he talks all the time about all the different like places he's been, and he has like, I think that's part of the reason he's he has all these like silly gadgets and stuff yeah. is that he's you know he, like he's supposed to have collected them on his travels because he talks about meeting somebody in like China, you know, like, yeah. he's been all around the world, and and the movie's conceit is that the his reason for doing that was that he was a pirate, I assume, whereas the book it's not explicitly yeah. stated why he's so well traveled. Are there any problematic Asian characters in? <laughs> The book, I mean, it's from the 1600s, so it would not surprise me. Uh, but in the film, we get this one character who's like a villain who he's not overly problematic most of the film. But there's a couple of moments mm-hmm. where he like the one scene in particular, like where Porthos defeats him. He like pulls these swords out. And he's just like screaming. It's like this like stereotypical. Like,
1: yeah, like the It's like
0: like wild, th- like
1: warrior. Like, yeah, I don't even know what the name of that trope would be yeah but
0: but he's just like screaming and spinning his swords all around and it's just like all right (laughs) before (laughs) that he's just like a guy like he just seems like a dude it's like all right that's fine um and then that scene just kind of feels like a little strange anyways i wanted to know if that character is mentioned in the book at all or any of that uh
1: no problematic asian characters that i can recall there is you'll be shocked and stunned to know some uh, historical anti-semitism anti-semitism what
0: in a thing (laughs) never i i don't believe it famously no media has ever been anti-semitic
1: overall it's not it's not a huge element in the book but that's like here and there
0: okay Fair enough. Uh, That did not make its way into the film, at least not that I caught. If it did, it flew under the radar for me. Uh, So there's this great line that uh, after Lady DeWinter is being, she's caught, she's in a jail cell, she's set to be executed in the morning, and Athos comes in to talk to her. And she has this amazing line in the film where she says, because, again, the backstory is that she was a murderer, he found out by finding like she's like branded or whatever, Um, And he ended up turning her in to the authorities or something, and that's why they're not together anymore, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And he's still really broken up about this because he did really love her and all this sort of stuff. But in this scene, she says to him as they're kind of talking uh, in the cell, uh, I have become the nightmare you once thought me to be. And I was like, that's a metal-ass line, and I wanted to know if that came from the book.
1: It did not, but it is a great line. yeah,
0: I because I like I said, I would watch a movie about her. I wanna I w- what I her. would
1: I would also watch a movie about her. She seems awesome
0: <laughs> again. in the in the in the film, I think she's really interesting because she seems and they I don't think, and if they did, I missed it. they never go into the backstory in explicit enough detail. And if they did, I maybe I'm just misre- misremembering. Of like what it was or what the circumstances of her being a murderer were Mm -hmm. like originally that, you know, prior to Athos.
1: Um, let me see if I can conjure my memories. (laughs) It was a long book. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of detail. Yeah. So I think the reason that she originally got branded as a criminal not specifically a murderer, I don't think, but as a criminal, it was that she was in a nunnery and like ran off with a priest, and they like stole like gold or like gold plates or something like that. Um, and I think he ends up dead, but she gets caught and branded.
0: Okay.
1: Um. But it's like escapes, and then later on, she like passes herself off as. Not a criminal, so she's um, branded as
0: a criminal, not a murderer, necessarily,
1: I think so. okay, yeah, um, which is when Athos then marries her, um and he then discovers that she's been branded um, and hangs her.
0: oh, wait what?
1: <laughs> yeah, that gets left out of the movie. Uh, I have notes on that later. Um, but it doesn't work. <laughs> she survives. <laughs> Um, and then she goes off again, um, and marry, uh, which at this point I think is then when she marries Lord de Winter right. in England. And then that's the one and she's arrested that's the for one. murdering Yeah, she the murders him and like yeah. gets away with it. Right.
0: Yeah, because he calls her Sabine. In, yeah. Is that her name in, in the book that you recall at any point? Like when Athos was with oh. her? I don't know, because that's what he calls her. I assume it probably is, because that's what he calls her in...
1: I think in the they film like reveal her i don't even know if they reveal her actual name they call her charlotte at one point but it's implied that that's not actually her name okay um they mostly just call her Milady.
0: yeah i mean they do in the film too it's just literally yeah. only athos and yeah he runs into her he calls her sabine and i wasn't sure okay interesting yeah i think he's a super fascinating character and i also really so in the film i really like that We kind of don't know what her backstory specifically is. Like, again, we get elements, enough of it to kind of parse things out. Um, But I really liked the idea that... I I just liked the interplay of Athos' relationship with her and the fact that he's kind of wrought with guilt over the way he handled the situation and how he didn't trust her and how Mm -hmm. that ultimately... I I wish there was a way. I wish it ended up having more of, like, in the film. I wish it ended up having more of a... um, an effect on him down the road, other than like h- him feeling bad about it. I wish because it, it's almost like the, especially that line. I've come, become the monster you 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 imagined I was or whatever. I, I all I kind of wish that there was some repercussions for him for like his, what he did mm-hmm. beyond again just like his emotional distraughtness <laughs> over it. Um Like the idea of him creating this villain that then becomes this, which is kind of what it is, but it never really goes anywhere in the film. Like she just gets caught and dies and gives the information. And then like, he apologizes to her. I I kind of just wished it would have elevated or I don't know. I wish it would have done something more dramatic. I just really like. That I, I don't know. I, I, I just really like the, the the interplay of their story and I wish there was more of it in the film. I understand why it's not, because it's not like <laughs> important for like the main plot or whatever. And it's not uh particularly like a <laughs> a very kid friendly like <laughs> backstory or whatever. You know, it's not mm-hmm. something that makes a lot of sense to explore in a kid's action adventure movie. That being said, I wish I wish we had. Maybe some of the other films do more. I don't know. Who knows? Probably. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, I I asked it earlier, kind of, but does the cardinal attempt to assassinate the king?
1: There are no assassination attempts on the king in this book.
0: Okay, so not... That's not the plan. No, that we get in the film where he's like, "I'm gonna hire a sniper to <laughs> just snipe you from uh, from not even that far away yeah. from like."
1: I mean, it would you know. have to be pretty close with with the way that guns worked. Yes. back in the technology.
0: Day. Yeah, the, the firearm technology back then. It would you're not yeah you're not sniping somebody from you know 1,500 meters or whatever. But yeah,
1: you're kind of just spraying bullets and hoping <laughs> you hit something.
0: Well, uh, I think it's a little more yeah. I think people who are really good at it's a little bit more reliable than that, but not because I don't even know if rifling had been invented yet because that was the big thing. Yeah. And I don't think it had. No, it definitely hadn't. God, well, have... if it had, it wasn't widespread because I, they were still using musket balls in yeah. the Civil War. So I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, they're muskets. They're the musketeers.
0: Right. I understand that. I'm just saying <laughs> that I, I was one because rifling is the thing that made. Guns like super accurate Whereas yeah. muskets balls They just go wherever they yeah. Heck. That's why they stood in big lines and shot at each other Yeah. But anyways Okay Uh, We get this great scene in the film During the big fight at the end Big climactic battle between the musketeers And the cardinals guards And uh, Athos I believe is fencing um, Rochefort at this point This is before D'Artagnan Gets there to fight him And Uh, He ends up getting stabbed in his right arm and then picks up his sword with his left hand and has a line about how he he's just as good with his left hand or something like that. I wanted to know if that came from the book because I was like, "Hmm?"
1: you have questions about who's referencing who who's
0: referencing who here.
1: (laughs) I have the answer uh, because there actually is a joke about this in the Ah. book. So at the beginning, when Athos and D'Artagnan are getting ready to fight their duel, Athos's right arm is already injured from a previous fight, okay. and D'Artagnan thanks him for the honor of fighting him despite being wounded, <laughs> honor culture as, as, is so as you stupid. do. I hate
0: that um,
1: but Athos then reassures him that he can use either hand.
0: Ah. He says,
1: but I will take the left hand. It is my custom in such circumstances. Do not fancy that I do you a favor. I can use either hand easily, and it will even be a disadvantage to you. A left-handed man is very troublesome to people who are not prepared for it. So I have to assume that the Princess Bride is referencing. Yes, I Dumas. would
0: I would almost guarantee that yes, the Princess Bride is making a reference to this yeah. that. But doing it in a fun, kind of interesting mm-hmm. new twist on it by having it be like a surprise reveal instead of them discussing it beforehand yes. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And then it being a double surprise reveal. No, that that's fun. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Cause yeah, I was like, okay, so is yeah. the movie referencing Princess Bride or is the Princess Bride referencing the original novel? Well, and, and it it's, seems like it's
1: fun too, even because what Athos says about fighting with his left hand, I could see. Yeah. That being a line from the princess. Oh, fly, yeah, like absolutely. Can see do you not saying fancy that. that I do
0: you a favor. I can use either hand easily. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fun. That's interesting. Well, now we know where that came from. Oh, I added a question here.
1: Oh, I thought I just missed one.
0: No, I just for, I added it late. I wanted to know, because as I was writing the synopsis, I, I was like, oh, I should put in a thing. Is if, if the king, the, the sweet little king... <laughs> Little,
1: the, the little lad who the loves little lad. Yeah. and cream
0: if he uh <laughs> that guy that kind of actor he's got a face man <laughs> yes he does holy cow i mean it's not how it's obviously the hair is like the he's got the what the yeah he looks like what's his name lord, uh, farquad. lord farquad yeah <laughs> but anyways he uh he ends up punching the cardinal out and saving the day at the end kind of, i mean not really
1: it, the day was already. The day saved, was already saved. He just
0: kind of like gets to like yeah.
1: He gets to punch. it. He in. gets
0: to punch the cardinal and be like kind of a, the big hero at the final moment. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know if that element came from the book.
1: It does not. Okay. He, king doesn't punch anybody. Uh, he's also kind of a dick. Okay. In the book. So as you do. He's not a. He's you're not a sweet of little of no. lad. No. Okay. Alas.
0: Alas. Uh, And my final question, uh, and so it sounds like D'Artagnan is very similar in the book. Does he get to become a musketeer at the end?
1: So D'Artagnan is a guardsman for most of the book. Uh, He gets promoted to the musketeers like three quarters of the way through. Oh. I do think it's more narratively satisfying to have that happen at the end, like it does in the movie.
0: Yeah. So the guardsman, is that just like, what is that? Um... Is he working for, like, the king still? Basically? Yeah, he's, okay. he's,
1: like, in the king's guard, but he's not, he's not musketeer. He's not a musketeer. Yeah, okay. musketeers so like are, a, like, a more elite, elite. special yeah. force. Okay,
0: fair enough. That's kind of what I assumed. I just wanted to make sure that, that, that understanding was correct. Fantastic. All right, let's find out what Katie thought was better in the book. You like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read?
1: I made this note, like, right at the very beginning of the movie. (laughs) Um, So far, I don't understand the movie's addition of Gerard and his brothers, uh, which are the guys that are chasing D'Artagnan. Also, why does he sound like a literal chicken? (laughs) (laughs) No, put him screeching D'Artagnan next to the sound of the rooster from Moana. Yep. There's not a difference. That's fair. It's the same sound. That's
0: fair. I think the idea of why, I can see why they did it, because it sounds like they at least maybe changed D'Artagnan's character a little bit um, in film. The scene in the film gives us a very, it's a very quick and easy way to establish D'Artagnan's character, like, mm. in, in and give us a, a, a fence, like a, a duel, like right off the bat, basically. Yeah. We get to see he's good at fighting immediately. We get to see that he's like a ladies' man because he's the reason he's in this duel is because he was sleeping with some woman whose brothers are now mad at him for you know disrespecting right. her honor or whatever. And we get to see that he's like kind of smarmy, but like not not like in an overly like
1: yeah he's jerky a full way. Of he's a little
0: full of himself, but he's also like you could tell he's kind of like.
1: I mean, that's all not terribly different from how he yeah. is in the book.
0: I think it's just a very condensed way. Fair
1: enough. to kind of do
0: all of that um, very quickly
1: I do think that that element should have stayed at the beginning of the movie
0: yeah I do think the whole thing where' like they're chasing in the rest yeah. of the film doesn't really add much and i yeah. I because th- in particular I really thought that it there was maybe the most like milk toast lackluster final shot yes. of a movie. <laughs> Especially because they could have cut it two seconds earlier when they all put their swords in the air and we get the shot of them like, they say like, yeah. all for one, one for all. And we see their swords like climb put together. have done like a
1: freeze frame. Not even a freeze frame. <laughs> just
0: end it there. Or do, sure, do a freeze frame. It's the 90s. Why not? Who cares? It's the <laughs> early 90s. But even if you don't do that, just like, and you know, cut after that or give us something else. But we just end on a shot of all these musket, like nameless musketeers running down the road. It's like
1: okay okay
0: chasing some (laughs) random guys it's like this is not that interesting and then having that i get the payoff it's just like not that interesting of a payoff
1: yeah especially because you
0: get the feeling that like he could have handled d'artagnan could have handled them by himself like Mm -hmm. i don't know It's just i thought that was very silly
1: uh so in the movie when d'artagnan gets to like the hall of the musketeers or whatever um and it's very like it's kind of somber Because they've been disbanded. There's nobody there. Yeah, there's there's nobody there. The Um, the banner's torn down. Whatever, whatever. Uh, But they have not been disbanded in the book. And when he arrives at the hall of the musketeers, it's just filled with musketeers like dueling and carousing. Um, And it sounded pretty cool. That would have
0: been fun. I imagine it's like a scene like in The Witcher, like rolling into The Witcher's (laughs) uh, whatever that's (laughs) like Kaer or whatever. And like seeing all the witchers like hanging out, drinking and fighting each other. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they do take a trip to England in the book. Uh, Well, D'Artagnan is the only one who gets all the way to England, but it starts out all four of them. Um, And it kind of ends up being this like comedy of errors where they lose like one person at a time throughout the trip Mm -hmm. Um, where it's like, uh, oh, they're, they're at an inn and somebody starts a fight and Porthos is like, I must stay behind and defend the honor of blah, blah, blah by participating in this duel. Go on without me um and then there's a following comedy of errors when d'artagnan goes back and like picks them all up one by one like um is it athos who has like hold himself up in the cellar at this place for like a week and has been like holding down the cellar (laughs) and, like, eating the, all of this person's meat and drinking all of their wine. It, it, it's just, that's kind of, like, just silly and fun. Yeah. Uh. So, in the book, the Queen of France is having an affair with the Duke of Buckingham. They're secret lovers. Okay. And the reason that D'Artagnan goes to England is to retrieve some jewelry that she gave him as, like, a memento, um, because there are political machinations and basically she needs to produce this piece of jewelry otherwise the king is going to know that she gave it to buckingham and uh, her honor will be lost okay so she needs to be able to produce this piece of jewelry so d'artagnan goes to get it and while he is there with buckingham (laughs) the duke of buckingham has like a shrine to the queen in his closet, <laughs> like nice. a portrait and like little mementos from times they were like, it absolutely unhinged hysterical moment. Like Helga Pataki yes. from Hey Arnold. Yes. And her like, shrine to Arnold. He opens this little door and there's like a Chewing portrait. <laughs> <and> yes.
0: <laughs> Used tissues. Yeah. Oh, that's great.
1: Um, D'Artagnan at one point engages in an affair with Milady, um and when she realizes like well she knows who he is but when she realizes like what all he's done and how he has like all of the ways that he's um gummed up the works of her plans she gets mad and she tries to murder him but he escapes he escapes from her house dressed in her maid's clothes um, okay. flowery dress, big hat, the whole works. Nice. I said the book was very funny. No, yeah. Like, lots, yeah.
0: It definitely sounds like a slapstick. like <laughs> yeah, Laugh a minute.
1: Uh, she also at one point after that sends some assassins after him, um, and they shoot at him, but they miss, but they, one of the bullets goes through his hat, um, at which point, he determines that they were assassins and not, like, regular enemy soldiers because he's at, like, a battlefield at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he determines that they were, in fact, assassins by Sherlocking the bullet hole. He, like, looks at it and he's like, this was no ordinary musket. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe it <laughs> was. Does this... it have rifling? Was it... <laughs> I
1: don't know. I don't remember exactly what he said it was. Huh. But, yeah. Um, so, interesting moment there. Um, also, while they're all at that, like, battle site, um, it's the, sie- the Siege of uh, La Rochelle um, is where they are. And D'Artagnan and crew all have breakfast in this fort that they recently chased an, uh, the enemy out- army out of. Um, and as they're having breakfast, they're also, like, single-handedly holding this fort down while the enemy sends greater and greater numbers of forces And it was probably the most, like, swashbuckly impressive thing that happened in the entire book.
0: That sounds fun. That would have been fun to see.
1: Uh, I mentioned the money thing earlier, and I had (laughs) a lot of thoughts on that. It was just a recurring thing throughout the book that they were always broke and, like, scheming for how to get more money. But... They all share their money amongst themselves, which I thought was very cute. (laughs) Bro code. Yeah. They're like, anytime one of them would get some money, he'd be like, here, guys, let's split it up.
0: All for one and one for all. There you go. It's in the the (laughs) tagline.
1: Generally, there's a lot more intrigue in the book than there is in the movie. There are like a lot of like secret passages, um, lots of finding clever ways to eavesdrop on conversations, forgeries, stolen identities, okay. that sort of thing.
0: More espionage. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I thought this movie really wasted the story's female characters. Not that there are tons of them. Um, Anne of Austria and Constance are kind of barely in the movie. Constance especially yeah Anne is the queen um which Constance they're not really in a ton of the book either but they have I think more interesting scenes in the book um and Milady I I can see your point about her character being interesting and layered in the movie but she just kind of came across to me having read the book as defanged
0: and that's fair. That could totally be fair. I I'm not saying that she's not, a, or I, I could see that her, her book version could definitely be yeah. even you know more interesting. I just I, I it's not even so much her character. I guess I just like the the whole dynamic of mm-hmm. her, of the story of her relationship with Athos and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. She um she's really she's pure evil in the book. <laughs> Such a fun villain. The OG Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss. <laughs> nice. Um, it she had a couple lines. Um, when I am insulted, I do not faint. I revenge myself. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And also such women as I never weep. (laughs) And I want both of those on a t-shirt. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That first one's great.
1: Um, my last note here, um, is uh, just a general note about Dumas prose. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the book is cover to cover witty repartee sick burns and one-liners that go hard uh like if you enjoy that element of writers like shakespeare Mm -hmm. don't sleep on dumas okay uh i have a couple examples here you eat at everybody's mess
0: i don't know what that means like i know i guess because without context it's hard to know like what
1: you stick your nose into everybody's mess and drama,
0: oh, kind of a thing. Okay. I you was eat thinking, at everybody's mess. Okay, when I, I saw mess, I was literally thinking like a mess hall.
1: <laughs> <That was laughs> Fair like, enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, he talked for the pleasure of talking and for the pleasure of hearing himself talk. Mm-hmm. That head has never conspired. <laughs> You are a model for regular people. <laughs> That's a good one. That's really good. <laughs> um, soiling my sword with the blood of a wretch like you. Mm-hmm. And my favorite. <laughs> the, uh, the four friends are discussing I don't remember what. Uh, they're like hatching a plan to do something. And Porthos says, I should like, however, to comprehend. And Athos says, that is useless. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's fun. Yeah, it definitely feels. Uh, you can definitely feel elements of, not elements. You could tell very clearly that uh, Goldman was yes. a fan because uh, this writing a lot of that reeks of the Princess Bride, and it's very funny because I one of the my main criticisms of the film is that it didn't have any. Like, not any, but it had it didn't have very many memorable, like, lines and one-liners and exchanges. Mm-hmm. There are a few. I mentioned the one earlier. Uh, but that, even that, like, the one with Milady uh, De Winter um, about becoming the nightmare he thought she was or whatever. It's, it's a fine line, but it's not like, you know. There wasn't a ton of, like, great, like, moments where somebody has, like, a really great zinger. Or yeah, like
1: it's, a, it's not a super quotable movie. No,
0: and I think that's maybe its biggest... Flaw because I think a lot of it is fun and works really well, like just yeah. as like a, 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 a swatch. Yeah, and and action. I think
1: it is a flaw that is exacerbated by having come from source material that is so rife with great one liners yeah. and, and sick burns.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and talk about what Katie thought was better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies.
1: I I liked the opening scene, uh, the the boat on the crazy yeah, water fun, and yeah. like uh, the sick torture chambers. Yeah, yeah. I liked that the movie gave Rochefort an eye patch. Mm-hmm. He has like a little scar by his eye in the book, but I you know just just do the do the just thing lean all the in. way. Yeah, lean just do it. it. Um, speaking of villains, though, Tim Curry gotta give it up to that guy he plays a bang up villain (laughs) he's
0: great how could you not love him
1: uh at one point um one of the musketeers porthos maybe um drops a chandelier on some of the the cardinals guards a
0: big wooden chandelier (laughs) Uh,
1: and i love a good chandelier drop yeah i'm a former theater kid how can you not i we all love chandelier drops am i right absolutely So the initial, um, when he, I say the initial duel, there's a duel before this duel, but when he's going to duel the Musketeers um, and then they end up dueling with the Cardinal's guards in the book, that's in like... Like one of the back streets, yeah. like kind of an, an alleyway or something. Um, so I thought that moving that fight to a place with a lot of good set pieces yeah. was really fun. Because they,
0: they, he specifically, they meet in the ruins outside of yeah. the city. So it's like these old... like Yeah, so
1: they have like walls to climb on yeah. and stuff yeah. and things to jump off of. Yep. <laughs> you know, where
0: also the first duel in the movie takes place in ruins is Princess Bride.
1: True, true.
0: <laughs> and the ruins at the top of the cliff of insanity.
1: I uh, gotta love a gun hidden inside a Bible. Yes. I <laughs> yeah, love that. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that moment too after he shoots the guy. He does the.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> with the gun he does the. Uh, I don't even know what that's called. The sign
1: of the cross. Yeah. The sign of the cross.
0: <laughs> I didn't grow Catholic. I don't know what that.
1: <laughs> Good thing you have me. Yep. Uh, I love um, uh, Milady's hairpin knife.
0: (laughs) She tries to stab D'Artagnan with it.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I liked that the king in the movie was just like an ineffectual youth and not an asshole. Because he's he's an asshole in the book. And like, that's probably real life. Yeah. (laughs) But... But I don't know. It was yeah. kind of nice. Like, I, I liked that he actually liked the queen because in the book, he really just bullies her all the time.
0: Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't know. Uh, I was like, I don't know how I feel about like a very super sympathetic depiction of monarchy. Yeah. But still, I think it works in the in the it film. It works in yeah. the context in of the film. In the context film. of the film. Yeah.
1: Um, I love in the final fight. I This was Porthos, maybe. Um. Yells, uh, "Come on, D'Artagnan! We're saving the king." Every
0: good line in this movie is Porthos, pretty it's much. It's true, yeah, almost, yeah.
1: Um, except for this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, when the Cardinal is getting away, and Aramis, um, our, our priest musketeer, yes, he's like, Sheen. yeah, yes, um, <laughs> <Which is> hilarious. <laughs> he's like, "Then you will answer to God," and Tim Curry shoots him and says, "You, you first. first. Yeah. And I loved that. That actually sounded like something Dumas would have written.
0: Yeah, that's funny because it's just it, I, it, we both burst out laughing because it's like something out of a like a gangster movie. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just so silly, but it worked. It worked in the moment, and it's it's fun.
1: Um, my last note here. I thought it made sense to have a final showdown for D'Artagnan and Rochefort. Um, in the book, they are like immediately set up as adversaries, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't go anywhere.
0: What happens it, to Rush for? Uh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> maybe it gets resolved in a later book or something. Or? Yeah,
1: maybe. Um, yeah, it's just really nothing. Nothing happens there.
0: Okay, fair enough. All right, we got a couple things to talk about in the movie. Nailed it.
1: As I expected, practically perfect in every way. Um, well, we kind of already talked about this, but the, the way that they all become friends is through that fight with the Cardinal's mm-hmm. men. Uh, yep. They bond in yep. battle. I have not the uniform, but I have the spirit. Yeah. from D'Artagnan the says that yeah. to
0: him when he's, wants to be a musketeer.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Athos does tell D'Artagnan the story of his friend's marriage while they're drunk. Yeah, yeah. Um... I I mentioned this before. Yeah. The movie does conveniently leave out that Athos just like tried to hang her in a blind rage. Yeah. Um
0: not a sympathetic no, not just, not like, s- turning not her super over or whatever to the authorities.
1: Um, there is kind of a funny moment later though when he finds out that she's like still alive and running around and he's like but I hanged her so effectively <laughs> and I was like, apparently not. Apparently dude. You did not, man. Apparently you did a super bad job.
0: Hang her very ineffectively, <laughs> ineffectually. Yeah.
1: Um, and just generally D'Artagnan is like a young brash dumbass. Yeah. That's his character.
0: Getting he's, himself into problems. Yeah.
1: He he's a youthful to. dumbass. Yeah.
0: Lots of unforced errors. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. We got a handful of odds and ends before we get to the final verdict.
1: So the opening credits, before it pulled back to reveal like the boat and everything. Yeah. I was like, what is this background? (laughs) Because it reminded me of the weird goo in the opening credits Um, of ben Ben and arthur Arthur. i
0: knew you were gonna say that (laughs) i was like
1: what is this and then it pulls back and i was like a weird ominous water naturally but of course
0: (laughs) yeah i thought the set looked like it could have been straight out of phantom of the opera like yes yeah in the tunnels and i was like i haven't seen phantom but i've looked from the videos and like music videos and stuff i've seen it like Every time does it doesn't
1: yeah he he Does like, uh ride a boat around in An underground like caves and tunnels yeah, I don't, that's what I I thought, don't know yeah. if it's supposed to be like The same
0: I wonder if They may have filmed them in similar because we Talked I talked in the prequel that this scene The mm-hmm. boat thing in the under is is Somewhere in Poland I can't remember Now I had oh, it in yeah, the prequel was I mentioned somewhere. It was some specific place yeah. that, and, and parts of the set are still there Yeah and I wonder it wouldn't Surprise me if it's been used in lots of movies mm-hmm. Um And it it wouldn't surprise me if Phantom was one of them. (laughs) We talked about the brothers chasing uh, D'Artagnan around for the whole movie. And I was like, talk about luck. D'Artagnan gets into Paris. (laughs) Paris Mm -hmm. are probably the largest city in the world at this point, maybe. Maybe. Or up there. Certainly up there. In the 1600s or whatever. It's got to be up there among the biggest cities in the world. (laughs) And he comes out of the... Uh, I guess maybe he did tell him he was going to be a musketeer, so maybe they went to the musketeer place. But he comes out of somewhere, and they're just immediately yeah. right there. And I'm like, man, that is some luck.
1: Yeah, no, Paris definitely one of those places you could just disappear into. Yeah. Then um, that is like that is kind of a complaint that I have about like the set pieces on this movie is that it felt very small. Yeah. Like Paris didn't feel like a big city. No, it did not feel like a
0: big city. You get a couple shots and you get there where you can, you know, there's like one shot as he's coming in where you see. um, What's the church? Um, Notre Dame. Notre Dame in the background.
1: (laughs) Okay, I know you weren't raised Catholic, but that feels. I've
0: I've been to Notre Dame. (laughs) I've seen it. I've been inside of it. So I just was blanking on what it was called. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. but anyways, I, yeah, but I, I would agree, Paris doesn't, it doesn't, we don't get a particularly like, you you could do a very fun like chase yes. through the streets yes. of Paris that, that utilized a lot of stuff that would have been very fun to see and they don't really do yeah, much
1: do Yeah, they don't really utilize it. Uh, I couldn't tell if Charlie Sheen's beauty mark was supposed to be historical. I
0: must have missed it. I didn't he even He has a this. little
1: beauty mark on his cheek and it stuck out to me because... Nobody else has one. Mm. Not even the royalty. And, like, from my understanding of it is that it would be historically accurate yeah. for them to have those little beauty marks. But he's the only one who's got one.
0: I Again, I didn't even notice it. I think <laughs> he had a zit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Could have been.
1: Um, speaking of uh, hair and makeup choices, though, I think the notes for Keither Sutherland's hair and makeup must have just been as much like Kenneth Branagh as possible.
0: It's fair. Yeah. He also just kind of looks like Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like in Young Guns, he looks basically the exact same, which was like a Western that came out a few. Uh, Kyle and I mentioned this in the one of the episodes we recorded. Uh, well, and Leonard Malton called it, um, I think it was Leonard Malton called it uh, Young Swords or whatever, because mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen and Kiefer Sutherland were both in Young Guns. Um, but I'm pretty sure Kiefer Sutherland looked exactly the same in Young Guns <laughs> as he does in this movie.
1: <laughs> we kind of mentioned this earlier, but it's super hilarious to me that Charlie Sheen is the priest musketeer. It's very
0: funny. It is very, very funny. Um, in the big duel scene uh, in the ruins outside of Paris at the beginning, there's this moment, um, and I understand why it happens. I just had to mention it because it was this very funny to me, where a- as uh, – D'Artagnan is gonna escape. He gets on a horse and then him and Rochefort like charge at each other mm-hmm. and he's holding his sword and as they're charging he's holding it out kind of like they're jousting but he's, you know, with his rapier or whatever and then as soon as he gets to up to him he pulls it back and swings it at him which is like the worst thing you could do. Yeah. <laughs> like you... Holding it out like that at maximum range is, like, ideally what you want to do, but you want to try to, like, deflect his and stab him. But he just pulls it back and wails on him, and it looks so silly. It's a little detail, but I was like, okay. But again, because yeah, you can't, there's not really a good safe way to like, Right. To, so it's just swinging it around looks, it's an easy way to make it look, but it just, it looks so stupid.
1: Uh, can we talk about Milady's Padawan braid? Yeah. Because that was a choice. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. Maybe it's historical. I have no idea. I, it's yeah, not like, honestly, I, mean, is, I guess it could be. Yeah, I don't know where. I don't know what it would have been
0: inspired by, other than some historical.
1: But it looked real weird.
0: I don't disagree, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't. Stru- it didn't strike me as a particularly 1993. Like, you know, it wasn't. It didn't look to me like something where. It was like a hairstyle of 1993 that just, like, snuck into the yeah. historical drama or whatever. It just...
1: It just... I don't know.
0: Just, yeah, so to me, I was like, just a, like a She just has a long, thing.
1: single, thin braid.
0: Yeah, that comes down do- out, from the back. over her yeah. shoulder. Yeah.
1: I don't
0: know. I'm betting it was a thing. Because they had some details in this movie that were surprisingly accurate, despite how silly and That's true. ridiculous yeah. a lot of it is. There's During that chase scene, one of my other, uh, again, Porthos, I thought was just great, but uh, they're on that chase, and he pulls out the wine, and he opens a bottle of champagne, and he's like, champagne? And Athos is like, this is a chase. And he's like, you're right, something red. And I just, (laughs) it's so much fun. Um, I could, well, and not that I ever would, because this movie's not that good, but (laughs) I was like, I could easily do Athos, like an Athos cosplayer Mm -hmm. costume, because like, I just look like him already. Like if I grew my hair out, I just would look, he looks like my dad. When my dad from (laughs) like the 80s had like long hair, that's what my dad looked like is Kiefer Sutherland in this movie. Um, But um, I love Oliver Platt's costume. And Mm -hmm. I, I think it's just, I think it makes sense because it is kind of like pirate inspired a little bit. But I like he has like his headband. And I think he's got a, like the most fun costume. Everybody else is yeah. kind of boring. His is yeah,
1: like, He's he's got, he's got like sashes,
0: sashes <laughs> and like, yeah, I think he, his, his costume would be fun to fun to do.
1: <laughs> there was one moment. I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but I couldn't help laughing. And it was when Tim Curry was releasing all of the messenger pigeons. Yes. And there was this super ominous music sting as he's, like, watching these pigeons, like, (laughs) flap around in there. I could not. It
0: was was pretty funny. It was pretty, pretty funny. Uh, So we talked about in the prequel that Charlie Sheen wasn't involved in the, because he was filming something else or something. Yeah. In the six-week, like, uh, boot camp for sword fighting and horse riding and all that that the other ones went through. And I read somewhere on IMDb or something that if you notice in the movie, he doesn't do much sword fighting. He's mainly like punching people and stuff. And he definitely does. He does fencing. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But it is definitely less than the other ones. And I, I thought it was noticeably clumsier mm-hmm. <laughs> than the others. There's one particular moment where he does the exact thing. Um, I, It's got a name and it's from like historical fencing manuals. Where he like drops to the ground And like puts his It's in, in the scene in The Princess Bride Where Count they're in the castle And Wesley's like um, Fezzik is carrying Wesley And they're in the hallway And Count Rugen shows up with like the four guards And this is the first time that uh, Inigo is like confronting him And he says, uh, he does his old spiel. You kill my father, prepare to die. And then uh, he sends the guards at him. And Inigo kills all four of the guards. The last guard he kills, he does the same Mm
1: -hmm. maneuver.
0: And Charlie Sheen does that in this movie in the end fight scene. And it looks so bad compared (laughs) to, uh, uh, what's his name, doing it in Princess Bride. It's. Hilarious, And that was one of those moments where I was like, yeah, I could tell you did not yeah. <laughs> have nearly as much training as yeah. everybody else did on this.
1: I just want to mention this because I think it's funny. So the big line that is so strongly associated with the three months I was going to ask about this. Yeah. All for one and yeah. one for all. Yeah appears literally once, once in the original text. That's wild. In 700 pages. Maybe they utilize it more in the sequels. I don't know. But it's funny to me that that particular line got so strongly associated what with is it. What is the
0: context of when it's used in the book? Do you remember? He
1: says, like, uh, D'Artagnan says, like, all for one, is that not our motto? And then they're all like, yeah, all for one and one for all. Blah. And it's very early in the book. Right. Um, and then they never say it they again. They never say
0: it again. <laughs> it's not like a rallying no. cry or anything. Huh? That's fun. That's funny. I, I should have asked whether or not that even came from the book. But yeah. It, it I, I honestly just assumed yeah. it did. It, it, <laughs> do- it definitely it does. It's yeah. just
1: that. It, yeah. It's not like it's not. It does not feature as heavily in the text as I would have guessed. Yeah. Prior to reading it. Yeah. Another thing that made me laugh is um, how lucky D'Artagnan got really just, like, happened to see that sniper yeah. up on the roof. He's like, oh, <laughs> like hey, just hey, look. looked, like, right in the exact spot. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Look at that. Huh. Look at that. Take care sniper. of
0: that. We mentioned it, but uh, it was a movie. So, obviously, the left-handed fencing thing came from the book, and Princess Bride is probably doing that. But there, I still think there were some details in this movie that was definitely, like... I'm, yeah. uh, like, aping a little bit on Princess Bride. Uh, in particular, the, the design of the sword Yes, that is his father's sword yes. that is, like, gold and glittery. Like, it looks almost exactly like uh, yeah. Inigo's father's sword in the Princess Bride. And then the whole confrontation between Rochefort and him at the end where they're talking about his father, like, it just all felt very, <laughs> very <laughs> similar, very much inspired by, um, which I, I thought is fine. It doesn't do it in a way that's, like, too... <laughs> too obnoxious Mm -hmm. and you know if you're gonna steal steal from the best so
1: So one of my biggest takeaways after reading the book is matt berry adaptation when okay
0: matt berry is who every character
1: (laughs) yes just matt berry (laughs) yeah every single character even the female characters (laughs) um Porthos is an obvious choice. Yeah, Porthos choice, feels
0: obvious, but
1: but I also think he would make a really fun uh, Cardinal Richelieu.
0: Yeah, that would be good. I I think it would be really funny. Just take the entire cast of what we do in the shadows <laughs> and do the Three Musketeers <laughs> with those actors in different roles. Like I think would be really interesting.
1: Yeah, that would. Yeah, that would be funny.
0: Guillermo <laughs> as D'Artagnan, I think would be great. I think it'd be a lot of fun. He really wants to be a musketeer. <laughs> I think it'd be fantastic. Oh man! I think I think I think, I think uh, uh, Nandor as like uh, Athos.
1: A- yeah, it works. It all. I think you could line it
0: all up and really make it work <laughs> in a way that would be yeah.
1: Uh, Nacho would be a great milady.
0: Yeah. I think you have um, Wait, I'm trying to think who he would be Trying to think who Colin Robinson would be And I'm not sure
1: He could be Aramis.
0: Yeah Yeah, I guess he could I don't know I don't know if that (laughs) tracks necessarily quite so well But I guess he could Anyways Uh, And I you know, it's. I don't think it's age necessarily the best, but "All for Love," the the uh, the end credit song uh, written by I think written by Brian Adams, but performed by Brian Adams, uh, Rod Stewart, and Sting is a banger. I don't care what anybody else says. It's also in the score, which is great. Yeah. Like the the main theme in the movie, like the orchestral score, is the "All for Love" thing, which is it's fun. I love it. I the, the, that song's great.
1: Okay, so I had a journey <laughs> of reading this. Like partway through, I was like, "How has this property been adapted multiple times, specifically for children?"
0: Yeah, because
1: I was like reading, 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 and I was like, "This whole plot is about like the queen having an affair <laughs> and <laughs> them yeah. having to go get her jewelry." Which, I'm not saying that there isn't a way you could do that for kids, but, like, it it doesn't scream kid story to me, you know? Yeah. So I started looking up the plot synopses of different film adaptations Adaptations, of this, and I was utterly delighted to discover that the common approach to adapting The Three Musketeers seems to be... Let's take the idea of D'Artagnan and the musketeers and then tell an entirely different story.
0: Yeah, it's a good framework. Yeah, it's a good framework. <laughs> and we'll just do what we want with it. Yeah, cuz it is. It's a good setup. Like the beginning and the setup and then like you can just you could do whatever
1: you want yeah, with do it. do whatever swashbuckly heroic thing you want.
0: Yeah. No, I think it makes perfect sense. It makes Because perfect. like if you is had Is there a Muppet's Is there a Muppeteers? There's got to be, right?
1: I don't a, think there is. Muppet
0: Musketeers? Mus- that seems
1: very seems obvious. Seems like obvious,
0: but now that's the one. Muppet Musketeers, Cardinal Richelieu, played by Matt Berry. Yes. Is the only human. Yes. <laughs> is the yes. only human. <laughs> that's the Get movie. Get Hollywood on the <laughs> that, phone that's now. The, that's the movie right there. That would be incredible. That would be so much fun. Oh, God.
1: Oh. Miss Piggy
0: is my lady to winter?
1: Yes. Come yes. Come on. Come
0: on. It's like just there for the taking. <laughs> the incredible. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we wanted to remind you, as always, you can do us a giant favor by heading over to patreon.com slash this film Support us there for a few bucks a month. Get access to bonus content, including this month. Uh, We, we did La- Labyrinth. No, that was last month.
1: This month we're doing the we're, Santa, the we're doing Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. But
0: Labyrinth just came out. Yeah. Um, last week or whatever so if you want to hear us talk about labyrinth uh go support us for five bucks a month on patreon and you can hear that but yes we will have uh an episode on the santa claus coming out here and uh just sometime before christmas you will be hearing an episode Mm -hmm. about the santa claus uh among other stuff and if you support us at the 15 dollar and up level before we get to that, also support us or go follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads, all those places. Uh, leave us a like, leave us a follow, interact with us. We'd like to hear what you have to say about the Three Musketeers. If you support us on Patreon at the $15 and up level, you get access to priority recommendations, which is what this was. A patron request from
1: Ian from Wine Country.
0: Ian from Wine Country. So thank you, Ian. Ian. Thank you very much for supporting us, and thank you for requesting The Three Musketeers. It's time now to find out what Katie's final verdict is. Now, uh, are you ready for
1: your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. What can I say about this one? The novel is a classic. It definitely has its faults. It bears many of the classic hallmarks of a novel published serially, um, which we have discussed on this show before. Uh, It is less of a cohesive story and more of a sprawling set of smaller stories, and there are plot threads and other elements that are introduced and subsequently vanish. And while witty repartee was fun, there were definitely moments when I wanted them to just get to the point already. I had never read this book before, Um, and with the musketeers now being so ingrained in the fabric of popular culture, I was surprised to find that they're kind of awful. Um, (laughs) They bully their servants, they're entitled, they use their status uh, and their um, muscle to manipulate and intimidate other people, and they generally crash around not caring what kind of chaos they caused for all of the normal working people around them. At one point while reading this, I held the book up to you and said, yes. all I have to say right now is A cab. Yes, yes you did. But I do think that might be part of the point. Again, I'm I'm not particularly well versed in French history, but I think Dumas intended all of the characters to be flawed. Um, I think that's part of the social commentary of the time. It seems like the idea of the musketeers as noble paragons of honor and virtue came later as the story disseminated into pop culture. And that brings us to the movie. The movie offers a more structured, concise plotline, as well as being general silly fun. But that is kind of all it has going for it. Some of the performances were really good, but a lot of them are middling. The set and the costumes aren't super special, and there's not anything revolutionary going on with the reimagining of the story, characters, or message. I may not understand all the historical intricacies of what Dumas is saying, but I understand that he had a message. I also admire his command of language, which shows even in translation. For those reasons... I'm giving this one to the book.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it really to go any other way with <laughs> at least with this adaptation uh, of the book. But yeah, uh, maybe one day we'll have to reexamine. There's eight trillion adaptations. Oh uh, yes, of,
1: a, a well we could return to. Three
0: Musketeers, absolutely. So, Katie, what's next?
1: Up next, we have our Christmas episode, and we will be talking about the greatest gift. And it's film adaptation, It's a Wonderful Life.
0: It's a one. This, I honestly do not know if I've ever seen this movie start to finish. I have seen lots of parts of this movie. Yeah. I don't know if I have ever watched this movie in its entirety.
1: I know I have. It's one of my mom's favorites, yeah. but it's one that she'll just like put on, yeah. like we don't like sit and That's watch. That's what I'm it. saying.
0: I've seen it like in that context of like being yeah. at a Christmas party or whatever, and it's like on, and I've seen, you know, and I've I've probably seen the whole film. <laughs> in pieces and bits and parts over my life i just don't know if i've ever sat down and even then i probably have like when i was younger and just don't remember Mm -hmm. i just don't know and i don't know i'm interested to see how i feel about it because i think i might not like it we'll see
1: (laughs) we'll find out i
0: might i don't know i have no idea we'll see i have no idea we will find out that's going to be in two weeks time we're talking about it's a wonderful life in one week's time come on back We'll be uh, getting your 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 reaction to the Three Musketeers, what you had to say about it, and we'll be learning some stuff about It's a Wonderful Life and whatnot. So until that time, guys, gals, non-binary pals, and everybody else,
1: keep reading books,
0: watching movies,
1: and keep, keep being going. awesome.